Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. It is the show where conversations save lives. Welcome to HopeNet Radio. I'm Jeff. I'll be your host tonight. Glad that you joined us here tonight on the show. And my wonderful co-host, DW, how you doing, man? Good. Good to be with you. It's good to be with our listening guests tweet us or go back to the tweet back thing and get to us right now because we want to hear from you. Yeah, we're starting up the tweet back. It's cranking right now. We've got a great show lined up, great conversation. And Dave, this show is all about great conversations, conversations that we believe save lives. And it's always great to have good conversations because in even in my own life, sometimes I talk with people and I had a great friend. I was having a fun actually a deep conversation with a good friend. And one of the things that he said in the midst of our discussion was that he's a, a terrible small talker, but whenever he gets into deep talks, it's like he could stay up till four in the morning talking. And I, I sometimes feel the same way. Like a lot of times my conversations are filled with small talk and I'm not great with small talk, but when I get into a real life giving conversation, that's like, man, I could just spend hours and hours and hours having great conversations. You're one of those guys that I could just sit down and just, you know, have some sweet tea with or whatever and just spend, a, you know, a whole day just talking about life and different perspectives and, and different experiences. Why is that, do you think? Why, why is it that conversations like that are so precious and important? Well, I don't know. In my own life, I found that I need to have relationship and not only relationship, but some interaction. I, I guess I'm a person that I like, I like to verbalize my thoughts or I like to actually talk about ideas, talk about things. Uh, I know some people don't always like to verbalize or, or necessarily discuss what they're feeling inside, but I think every one of us is looking for connection with other people. Right. And so to me, that's why conversations matter. That's why I like talking with people because I think it actually opens up the door for life change to happen. So if you couldn't communicate with people, if you if you weren't allowed to, you couldn't, how would that affect you? Well, I would probably communicate in some different ways. Okay. Well, I'm just wondering because, you know, we're made to communicate. We really are. I saw a cartoon in the paper the other day. I don't even know what the cartoon's about, but it was, it was a robot. This guy had a robot, and uh, he was playing games, mind games with his robot, if you can do that. I guess cartoons allow you to do anything. So but he, so he took a fire hydrant, and he drew uh, uh, some eyes on a fire hydrant and a, and a mouth, and, and the robot was falling in love with the fire hydrant and having a picnic with it. You know, I mean, it, it was really stupid. But But I thought, you know what? You know why it's stupid? Because you can't talk to a fire hydrant. I mean, there's no response. There's no. And so anyone that would look at that would say, that's really dumb. Um, and through the years, you know, I think I look back like in the Bible and things and I see that people would create idols and pray to them and talk to them. And I think, you know, dumb, just dumb. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, you and I were made to communicate with each other. We were made to um, have a relationship with each other. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit afraid, Jeff, that we're dumbing down communication by maybe just doing it all electronically all the time and maybe not looking at each other, maybe not really uh, spending time to hear one another and uh, know what's really going on in somebody else's heart. I mean, it could affect us down the road in, in many ways. So I still love it when I can sit and have a conversation with somebody 
and not just have them send me a quick one-liner and think that we're best buddies because of it or something. So if you want to be my friend, I'd love that, but I'd love to have more of a conversation than just have a a one-way email or something with you. Yeah, so make sure to send Dave three tweets tonight on the tweet bag. Just use the hashtag HNRTV if you're on Twitter and join the conversation with us. Tonight, Dave, I wanted to chat. We talk, you know, we talk a lot about conversations and most of them have to do with each other. I think it's so important to know that you have someone you can go to and to know that there are people who you can actually talk with about real life stuff, but we don't always focus on, or maybe there seems to be a little bit of a gap between what it means to have a conversation with God or that people can actually know that they can have a relationship with God. I don't know. Do you find that with young people that they tend to talk to their friends or talk to everybody else except God? Yeah. You know, I I think that we don't understand the relational side of God. We've grown up with a religious side, if you want to call it, but not a relational side. There may be rules or regulations or, you know, if somebody thinks that God is only there for crisis, and I've probably told a story before, but I remember going talking to my mom, and uh, my mom was very sick, and she was um, in hospice, and, and I was talking to her, and she she would still joke around with me, but she had a really rough day, and I walked in one day, and I, and she was telling me about you know some things that weren't working well, and I said, oh, Mom, we're, I'm going to need to pray about that, and, and she got her eyes got real big, and she looked at me and said, oh, no, it's come to that? You know, and it's like... <laughs> She was pulling my chain. It's like, you know, Dave, yeah, it's so it's such a crisis now. We got to pray about it, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, the truth of the matter is prayer is a simple thing. It's communication with God Almighty. And if you know God, if you understand who he is at all and you know him, you enjoy sitting there and pouring your heart out to him because you know it matters. It may not change the circumstances of life, but it matters because God loves you and, and because you can align yourself. Now, Picture this, Jeff. If you were talking to me about something and you knew I knew everything that you were thinking and everything that I thought was correct and everything that I advice I would give you would work and you're talking to me, do you think you'd lie to me? Uh, no. No. And and what's, what I find is when I talk to God, it's really hard to lie to him. Hmm. It really is because I know that he knows I'm lying when I lie. So it's like... Okay, so what I have to do with God is be honest when I talk to him. And when I'm honest with God and when I'm honest with myself, I am in a position to be a better person right there. Because otherwise, you know, if I'm talking to you or somebody else, I can put on a show. I can be somebody I'm not. I can I can try and create Dave Wager in uh, whatever way I want to. But not with God. This conversation that we call prayer with God forces me to be somebody who I really am if I'm thinking about God. Now, if I'm praying to somebody I made up, um, good luck, because then it didn't matter anyway. But if I'm praying to God, the one that, that is in the Bible, the one that loves us, the one that created me from my mother's womb, and if I'm talking to him, now I'm going to talk in a way that I'm not going to lie, and, and I'm going to be respectful, and I'm going to be talking to somebody who can actually solve a problem, and I'm going to be talking to somebody that if he doesn't solve a problem, I know he still loves me. I know he's still doing what's right. So everything about my life changes when I do that. And I would encourage our listeners to think about how they approach God. Uh, if you're approaching him as a as a, a genie in the sky or a sugar daddy in the sky or whatever it might be, you're probably not going to have a, a great amount of um, a success in your prayer life, if I can use that term. And maybe we need to define that better down the road. 
But it is definitely something that I think people are messing up. And because of that, they're actually messing up who God is and they're mad at God and angry at God. Maybe throughout tonight's episode, we can talk about that and help people sort it out a little bit. Yeah, I think prayer, Dave, is probably one of the most misunderstood parts of the Christian faith. And that might sound weird to some people to think, well, isn't that the most basic part of Christianity or faith in general is just that you pray? Isn't that just a normal part of religion, quote unquote? And I think a lot of people who are outside the church would say that prayer is probably a good thing. But I think it's one of the most un, it's really one of the most misunderstood things among the Christian faith. And not only that, there's been a few things that have been going on around our culture. There's a few things that I've seen online recently that just kind of prompted me to have a show on this tonight. I think it's one of those conversations that we need to talk about what it means to pray and, and how should we pray? When should we pray? What does it do for us versus what does it do for our faith? And uh, we've got some difficult questions to ask too. One of those things that I found this week was there was a guy featured on Humans of New York. I don't know if you follow this blog, but it's there's a Facebook page called Humans of New York, and it had this gentleman sitting on a park bench. And the quote went something like this. It said, and it's just a quote from this guy. It's If you follow the blog, it's just a, a bunch of normal people that are uh, interviewed by a photojournalist, and they'll just tell a story of their life, and it's just a, a quick snippet. But he said this. He said, I'm telling you, prayer works. And the questioner asked, what's the time that prayer didn't work for you? And his response, the time I didn't pray. So we're going to talk about this as we go on the show. I'll share what else we I came across tonight to have a conversation about prayer. Jump on the tweet back. I want to know a couple of different things. I'm asking a couple of questions. First, when it comes to prayer, what do you wish more people understood about it? What questions do you have? And if I can just randomly poll you, how much time would you say you spend in prayer? So shoot us a message. We're on Twitter right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB or email us at hope at hopenet360.com. We have a conversation about this here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting? Stressed out? Need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back. Check out our show notes tonight at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. I'm Jeff. Good to have you on the show with us, and we would love to hear your thoughts. We're talking about prayer tonight, because I think, Dave, it is one of the most misunderstood parts of the Christian faith, and yet probably one of the most basic forms of faith. A lot of people, that's your first connection with God ultimately is having a conversation with them. So a lot of times that's just, that's what prayer really is. It's conversation with God. And yet I think there's a misunderstanding of what prayer should be, you know, how to pray, or even maybe the different types of prayer. I I talked about this before we went to break. There was a guy who was sitting on a park bench on the Humans of New York blog and and, uh, just talking about prayer. And the only type of prayer that didn't work for him was the time that he didn't pray. Now, the second thing I came across this week has been uh, kind of a question that I've heard off and on from other young adults, people that were probably more self-professing atheists, but this comes from the atheism Reddit on reddit.com. The lead in question to this conversation goes like this. He says, this, this writer submits, if God is omnipotent and has a plan for everyone and everything, why would anyone presume to ask God to change his mind? I don't get the arrogance of thinking that you can ask for what you may want when you trust and believe in your God. Basically saying, if God has a plan for everyone and everything in this world, what good is it to pray? Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever had to ask that question or even wrestle with that question yourself, Dave? Oh, yeah. You have to. I mean, the bottom line really is 
that God is omnipotent and he is, he is all loving. But here's, here's the issue. It is our definition of prayer and what it is. I mean, is, is prayer really telling God what to do? Is prayer really informing God of what he doesn't know? If that's what it is, then yeah, this atheist has a case. A lot of times it's, I, I call it the Bill Clinton kind of thing. There's a, um, a way where we redefine words, you know, somehow. And, and to redefine words like prayer, like, you know what? Prayer is only, if I don't pray, then, then nothing will get accomplished that should get accomplished. No, that just put me in the place of God. So that's not why we pray. I mean, what you need to do is start putting prayer in its context. When Jesus was asked, you know, Jesus spent a lot of time in prayer. He would leave. He'd go spend all night in prayer. In fact, one time he went on the mountain, spent all night in prayer, and the next day he did the Sermon on the Mount. So go read that and see. What, what's really interesting is that, um, like John 15 tells us, that the key to our Christian life is abiding with or being with God. Prayer is being with God. It's talking to God. It's not ordering God around. And when Jesus was asked, teach us to pray, he said, do this, our Father. Isn't that interesting? It starts with, oh, by the way, think of in the Lord's Prayer how many times you hear the word me, my, it doesn't happen. It's our, our Father. You start focusing on the fatherness of God who art in heaven. Yeah, it, you know where he is? He's not like you and I. He doesn't live here. He's got a correct perspective. He's the eternal God. So you start out, our Father, who's in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Respect. You're God. I'm Dave, man. This is the way it is. You know, and, and so as, as you begin to unfold the Lord's Prayer, you begin to see this tremendously relational side of what's going on here, because it is not religion. It is not rules. It's relationships that we have. We have a relationship with God, and we have a relationship with each other. And, you know, it's a, so I want to come to God. I want to acknowledge that he's my father, that he's in heaven. I want to be respectful. You know, I, our father art in heaven. Uh, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's, it's really interesting there. You say, you know, God, I, I understand you have a will. I understand that you're my father, that you're in heaven, that you're God. I'm respectful. I understand you have a will, and I want it done right now. So, so for somebody to come and say, you know, that I, you know, prayer is a farce because you're, you're, you know, you're praying to a God who's supposed to know everything. Well, yeah, think of what Jesus said on how to pray. He didn't say come and inform God about anything. God doesn't need to be informed about anything. It's kind of like uh, you have children, um, and I have children, but mine are grown up, so I keep using yours for an example. <laughs> and when they come to you and talk about things, most of the time you're probably not overly surprised, right, by what they're talking about. You know, do you not want them to talk to you then? No. No, I want them to talk no. to me. Yeah. So, I mean, even if you know what they're going to say and even if, they, you know, they come and they're saying something even silly, don't don't you still want them to talk to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's part of life. And it's part of being relational. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, Jesus was saying, acknowledge who he is, acknowledge where he is, acknowledge he has a will. You know, and then it says, you know, forgive us our debts as we forgive others. It's my responsibility to, to be somebody in this world who forgives others who do stupid things. And I do stupid things. And God, you know, I'm going to do stupid things to forgive. So, so now we're coming to him, you know, and give us this day our daily bread. God, we're, we're depending on you, not the rain. Yep. You know, we, we don't depend on that. So, you know, when you look at how Jesus taught him to pray, there was no I, there was no me. It was not about 
my comfort. It was really about a gratitude of being a child of God, of being able to eat today, of being able to participate in in the world that God made. It's a whole lot different than what that atheist described Mm -hmm. and what a lot of Christians have become to think prayer is. You know, prayer really isn't my sugar daddy list. It isn't. It isn't coming to God and demanding anything. I I feel sorry, Jeff, for those listeners that are listening today that are really disappointed in God or with God or, or think that God doesn't care because they gave him some demands and he didn't meet them. I mean, they might have come to him at a time and said, God, please don't let my loved one die of cancer. And, and their loved one died of cancer. Mm-hmm. And, and now they're saying, well, God didn't answer my prayer. He doesn't, he doesn't care about me. That's not true. Yep. I don't know if your children ever started this on you yet, but, you know, if you're in a store and your child wants something and they start pulling that line out, you know, give me this. You, you don't love me. If you love me, you give me this. You know, every parent would think, oh, get out of here. Yeah, right. Get out of here. <laughs> you know, I can almost hear God saying the same thing to me if I go, God, cure this or you don't love me. And I, I can almost hear God going, get out of here. I do love you. I, I know God wouldn't do that. So sorry. But I I can almost see the same mind frame there. And I would ask our listeners, you know, if, if you've been angry with God because you gave him a bunch of orders and he didn't listen, then maybe you haven't understood prayer. Maybe it has nothing to do with God being angry with you. Maybe right. it has to do with you not even knowing who he is. Right. And again, it goes back to knowing who he is. And this is a, it's a simple question. And I think it's in some ways, it's the wrong question. Going back to the original post, you know, if, if God is omnipotent and he has a plan for everyone and everything, why would anyone want to think that they should pr- just pray and ask God for something? And I think it's, it's actually the wrong question. It's also not quite understanding God's character. And it's totally normal for someone who does not know God to ask these kinds of questions. But I think those of us who have a relationship with God, we understand that prayer isn't so much about us and it's not so much about our request or even God quote unquote changing his mind. It's more about a relationship with him right. and to know that God has a plan and a purpose, but he didn't just set this world into motion. He didn't just create this world and then walk away from it and say, well, you guys are on your own. I'm sorry. I mean, that's, that's not even the gospel message. The reality is, is that Jesus came to this world not to just hang out with us for a little bit and then go back home. No, he he came and lived, and he showed us the way, and then he came and he died for our sin, for the things that we could not make up for past or even presently, the things we struggle with, and even the future things we're going to mess up in the future. And, uh, and those things against God's will, our sin is what we have a problem with that we can't solve ourselves. We can't even, we can't save ourselves from eternity, from hell. That's something only God can do. There's going to be that judgment. So I, that's kind of a, a lot of things, a loaded question. It's not a great thing. I'm sure Robbie Zacharias could probably do a little bit better than I could on the rebuttal of this, but we want to talk about prayer. What is the point of prayer? And I want to know what you guys think. Have you spent time in prayer? Have you maybe been to a point in your life where you prayed for something, it didn't happen and you've left discouraged or kind of wondering like, God, did you even hear my prayer? And how do we know this? These are big questions that I think all of us wrestle with all the time. People wonder, does God really hear my prayer? And uh, Dave, I'm sure you've talked to young people about this. Is there really a simple answer for that? You know, God does hear prayers. But the bottom line really is prayer is not self-centered, God, do what I tell you to do kind of things. And if that's what it's deteriorated to, we're going to be frustrated. We need to understand what it is. Yes, it is. And we've got some great interaction. Ken chimed in on this conversation. He said, that's a great question relating to what people, what do you wish people understood more about it? 
He says, I think one thing that people don't realize about prayer is that prayer is immediate and answers are not. When it says prayer without ceasing, that means to pray always and anytime. I'll pray in the middle of the day or when I feel the need to pray. Prayer requires patience, and I think it actually teaches you patience, both in the prayer itself and in waiting for an answer. And the most important part of prayer is that the more you pray, the easier it is to pray. We'll be back here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Our chat lines are open if you'd like to talk to a live coach right now about something in life going on. Maybe you have questions about prayer. Maybe you need to have some more answers in a real conversation. Live coaches are available anytime at HopeNet360.com. Just click on the Talk to a Live Coach button there on our website. Jeff, DW with you, talking about prayer tonight. And uh, again, one of the most misunderstood parts of the Christian walk. I think a lot of times, and I loved Ken's quote before we went to a break there, and he was saying that prayer is immediate, but answers are not. And Dave, you had some great thoughts in the break. Answering seems to be sometimes the biggest hangup for people that we tend to think for some reason in our Western mindset, or maybe it's an American thing, we want things here, we want them now. It's like if I have a credit card and I see something that I like, I'm going to go out and make that transaction. And it's like, I'll give you five bucks, you give me this. I'll give you a hundred bucks, you give me that. It's like a transaction thing. And I think sometimes we confuse that in our prayer time. We think, well, I'm going to spend 10 minutes with you, God. So that should equate to this request. Yeah. Right? I mean, right. the answering part seems to mess us up a little bit. Well, just think of the word request. If I have a request, Jeff, if, if I come to you and I have a request, what am I doing? Uh, first, you're you're believing that the person you're asking the request of, they're actually able to fulfill your need or your want. Right. And if it's a request, it means that it's not an automatic and it's not something that I can provide for myself. Right. Okay, so I'm the the idea of making a request and making my request known to God. Go back to the Lord's Prayer, the segment before. If you if you weren't here, you just turn on the radio tonight. Go back and get the podcast for this because we just talked about the Lord's Prayer. See, it's it, my requests are made in a certain way. I come to somebody who has power and authority, and I and I ask. I make a request. But here's the difference: when I make a request to God, I make a request to somebody who knows me extremely well better than I know myself. I make a request to somebody who loves me better than anybody, more than anybody in this entire world or universe. I make a request to somebody who's all-powerful and all-knowledgeable. So when you make a request to somebody like that, the only proper position afterwards is to let them answer it the way that would be best for you. That's it. And what's best for you may be, no, you're not having that. Or, no, I'm not going to do this. Think about this. Uh, Jeff, you and I know that everybody in this world will die, correct? Right. Okay. So, you know, one day you're going to read in the paper, Dave Wager died of something, got hit by a cow crossing the road or something, and, you know, he's dead. <laughs> and w- whatever it might be, and it, it it won't surprise you maybe that I'm dead, but it might surprise you how I died or whatever that might be. Here, Here's what I'm really glad. I'm glad that I am not the one in the universe in charge of making sure everyone dies at some point. You know, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the one. Because when is a good time for that? Never. 
Yeah. No, so, I would say tomorrow. Always answer tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Always answer tomorrow yes. on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, but since there's never a good time for that, I, you know, I'm glad that's not my job. Right. I'm glad that God does that and God alone does that. So if I'm praying for somebody, I'm praying for somebody who has, um, maybe lung cancer or something and they die. Is it that that person on that day was going to die and that God made that clear that it is appointed for man wants to die? And after that, the judgment, or is it because I didn't pray enough? We have to get this in the right perspective. It is much better for me to understand this perspective because then I can come to God and I can say, God, I would love this loved one not to suffer. I would love this loved one to be cured. You know, I could talk about it in the first person because I have narcolepsy, which is a disease that cannot be cured according to uh, any human uh, way to do that. And I have prayed that if God would like to heal it, that I would love to have it healed. And I have also said, thank you for giving it to me. Because I also know that there are many benefits that I get from the narcolepsy itself that uh, other people don't have as far as, and I won't go into that, I just, there are some benefits. And in the, the realm of having a disease that can't be cured, knowing that my Heavenly Father could cure it if He wanted to gives me great rest. It doesn't mean that I don't talk to Him and ask Him if He would cure it. It doesn't mean that I don't have faith And some people would think, well, my prayers, I need more faith. No, then you're making it about you. It's really about God's faithfulness. I am absolutely convinced that God could heal me right now if he wanted to. That's his choice. And if he doesn't, it's because he's got a very good reason for it. That's my choice to allow him to be God. But here's what I get to do. I get to talk to him about it, and that's prayer. I get to tell him what I'm thinking, and that's prayer. I get to begin to pour my heart out to him, and that's prayer. But I do not have the position ever in the universe or anywhere to tell God what to do and how to do it. That isn't my job. That's his job. And I am convinced that he will do what is right. And after I talk to him about it, I am really convinced that he will then give me the strength to go through whatever I need to go through rather than maybe just yank it from me and say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to give this to you. Um, so I think there's people out there that are thinking, well, I've prayed. God didn't give me the answer I wanted. And so that's a farce <laughs> or, or what we talked about earlier. Why would you talk to a God that knows everything and can do everything anyway? You're not telling him anything. You're right. Why would you talk to a parent who is older and in a nursing home that already knows the weather's nice? You know, I don't know. (laughs) Maybe because you want to be with them. And maybe because you want to share their life with them right now. Maybe because you love them. And maybe we got this prayer thing all messed up that all it is is a bunch of demands rather than a relational time with somebody we love. Yeah, and I know firsthand in my life I've seen God answer prayer. Uh, Even when I was a young kid, I was in youth group and we went on a retreat one year and and once you know it, the last day of our retreat, our winter camp, I fell on the ice and I broke my nose. I busted my nose. I looked down and there was nothing. It was literally like a flat bulldog kind of a look. And uh, went back in, had a bunch of people around me praying, and I got to the hospital and they told me my nose was not broken, that it was dislocated. I don't know. I, I mean, it's crazy to me. And I understand there's medical reasons how your nose is made up. But to me, I was like, wow, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. And it, it, it wasn't broken. And that seems like a small thing. But to me, that was a big deal. That yeah. was like, okay, God is the creator of the universe. And yet he cared enough to do something in his own realm was something not 
it was not huge. It wasn't a big deal. And and yet to me, it was a huge deal. And God does this all the time. I, I think of just a few weeks back, we had this tragedy in Menasha. And again, just the, the things there's so much as, as much as the enemy wishes for destruction and evil to take over this world. Every time Dave, I see it all the time. I see in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of chaos, I see how when Christians turn to prayer and they truly are just humbled to where they don't have the answers and they just pray, God comes through in some miraculous ways. Yeah. I saw some really amazing stories. A lot of people can can really shed testimony to this as well of how God worked. I mean, even in, in people's lives who are affected, God showed up and he healed. And yeah. there are so many different stories of, of people every single day praying for miracles that they people see miracles that are they astonish the doctors. There's a gal that I've been praying yeah. with, we've been praying with at our radio ministry who has been going through cancer treatments, and she was literally she was literally on her deathbed. And all of a sudden, there's no answer to it, no medical answer, but her body began to respond again to treatment and come back around. And she's looking like she's going to be back out, you know, being able to live on her own in her home. And it's just, it's crazy all the different times that sometimes we can, we can get that lie and believe that prayer doesn't do anything or that it really doesn't work. Ultimately, God has a plan. He already knows what's going to happen. So what's the point? No, prayer really does work. And I've experienced it in my own life. I'd love to hear your story. If you have a story, you can write in to hope at hopenet360.com. But Dave, that's one of the things about prayer is there needs to be some kind of a transaction kind of a thing. But again, that answering thing can really hang us up when it doesn't happen when we want it to. Let's talk in the segments to come on on the phrase prayer works and, and, and define that what that means. Really, I would say that God gave me an answer to my prayers, too, for my narcolepsy. He said no. Yeah. That also works. I mean, that that's a part of life that we have to understand. And that's what we were talking about. I could fill your day. You could fill my day with people who had these miraculous things happen. And, and that's true. Mm-hmm. But there's also people who died. And there was also people who stayed with broken noses or arms. Yep. And And yet God worked through that, too. And that's what we have to say. Okay, if prayer works, what are we talking about when we say it works? Yes. That's the important thing to understand. And if we make it so that prayer works, in other words, that I'm so critical in this world that my prayer is what changes everything, then we just made me work and not God. And and I think we need a more discussion on that in the second half here. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app. Go to hopenet360.com slash podcast and subscribe. And wherever you listen on the podcast, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the podcast and also lets us know things that you'd love to hear us talk about as well. Hopenet360.com slash podcast is where it's all at. The conversation will continue in the second half of Hopenet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Prayer works. Welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, your host tonight. Join us in the conversation. If you're on Twitter, just use the hashtag HNRTB, or you can shoot us an email at hope at hopenet360.com. Prayer is, I think, one of the most misunderstood points and parts about being a Christian. And so many people have so many different ideas of what prayer is. 
I think every one of us can agree that prayer is a conversation with God. We've talked about that. I think it's a very, at a very basic level, that's what it is. And we spend a lot of time talking about what it means to have real, honest conversations, usually with one another. It's important to have a mentor in your life. It's important that you know that you can go anytime and chat with the live coach at hopenet360.com. But aside from talking with humans and people who are flawed, it's important to know that we can actually have real conversations with the creator of the universe, God, who really wants to have a relationship with us. And Dave, we kind of left it wide open talking about yeah. how prayer works. And you brought up a good point that sometimes when we look at this phrase, prayer works, okay, prayer works. What about when prayer doesn't work for me? When I've maybe prayed for something for a long time, maybe to me, praying for a long time is like a week. I've spent a, a week of my life praying for this one thing to happen. Maybe it was a job interview, or maybe it was the house, or maybe it was this person next door who's been going through some cancer treatments or something, and the answer or the situation did not turn out the way that I had anticipated. Is that is that how God works sometimes? I don't I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't know. Did you ever hear the phrase "begging works"? I don't know that I've begged, but I've really asked for a PS2 before. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, <laughs> if, if you get a child in a store and he's begging for candy bars. I mean, really? Does that work? He doesn't get his candy bars, so it, it doesn't work? You know, it, it depends on what you're doing. I mean, if all we're doing is trying to um, beg God to do things our way and make our life simpler, make we're losing perspective of everything that we're taught. I mean, the bottom line really is if I had a bumper sticker, I wouldn't really make, say, it wouldn't say prayer works. I would say, I wouldn't even say prayer changes things. I'd say prayer changes me. Hmm. It changes my heart. It changes my attitude. It changes me. It doesn't, it doesn't change the will of God. The illustration I've given so many times, so forgive me all you old time listeners, but if I'm outside beating my head on a rock and my head hurts and I'm praying and I'm asking God to stop my head from hurting, I don't know that he's going to answer that one the way I want them to. The, the, the idea there is to quit beating your head on a rock. It isn't to ask God to intervene and make your head not hurt anymore. I'm doing something that actually makes my head hurt. And for me to start asking God to do something now to change the way he made things is not really going to be something I think that he's interested in. And it's, it's not that he didn't answer my prayers. It's just my desire to live in a way that's apart from the way I'm designed and then asking God to bless the way I'm to, you know, to do that, it's kind of like when the president of the United States says things that are against the Bible and ends his speech like, God bless America. You know, it's, I look at that and I go, well, you can't do that. I mean, God can't bless something that's going against what's right and, and against what he says. So that phrase becomes meaningless in a sense, but it sounds good. You know, God bless America. And I think that sometimes we pray and it's just we're trying to sound good or something. You know, all we're really doing is begging. When we say prayer works, well, certainly it does because it's part of the fabric of how we're made. And if you want to get outside the fabric of how we're made, then things aren't going to work. Um, I could be distraught about something. I could be upset that I have narcolepsy or whatever it might be. I, I could. And the way prayer works is I come to my father and I say, you know, God, you can take care of this. That, that Now prayer starting to work right now. Because, you know what, if if he does, if he cures it all up, and I know there's no human cure for it, and he cures it all up, then I can go and say, look what God did, and I can give him glory. Prayer worked. If he doesn't clear it up, then I can go and say, you know what, my Heavenly Father who loves me has decided I'm going to live with narcolepsy, and he gives me the strength every day 
to get through every day and to do things the way I should, prayer works. <laughs> you know, I just said prayer works either way. Yeah. And for those who are stuck on the idea that prayer only works when God does what I tell him, <laughs> well, then you are going to be stuck on that forever because yes. that's not what prayer is. My favorite illustration of this, I don't know if you've seen the movie Bruce Almighty. Have you seen it with Jim no, Carrey or any of it? No. Oh, man. Okay. So funny part in the movie anyway, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it already, but uh, basically Jim Carrey, Bruce, he becomes essentially becomes God for a day. That's just the way it turns out. And the way that prayers come into him, it's like email. So it's, you know, he logs on his computer, you've got prayers and uh, opens up his, his inbox of prayer requests. And he sees that there's an overwhelming amount of prayers that not one person could go through and answer all in a day, let alone, you know, a year. And so he goes through and finally gets to the point where he just says yes to all. And the entire world breaks out in chaos because he's responded, yes, like uh, the answer we wanted to all of our prayers, he answered yes to, and the world just went to chaos. Yep. And it was it was fire and, and meteors and everything going on. Anyway, so all that to say, there is a time where we have to understand that prayer isn't about us. Really, the whole point of praying and even the requests, if we're praying for specific things, it doesn't mean that it's going to bend God to our will. It's going to bend us to his will. And I think that's so important to understand about prayer. Yeah. And what are those mis- misnomers? I think it's also important to know that there's kind of, there's some different types of prayer. So when we talk about prayer, I, I kind of want to go through these scriptures because we focused a lot on what, what I would call the prayer request or supplication right. that we're making requests to God. But there's different types of prayer. James 5.15 talks about the prayer of faith, saying that the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. So God invites us to be a part of his work through prayer. Yep. And that's raising someone up from faith and miracles. We get to be part of those things. We don't necessarily get to be the answer for those. We get to be a, a conduit for that. And the prayer in faith and what though, that's what you got to look at. And I encourage our listeners to think faith in what? Right. And, and faith in God. I think that's a, a big part of right. it. Absolutely. And yep. what he does. It's, it's who he is. So and the other part of it, prayer of agreement, so corporate prayer. We saw this in Acts, one of the first things after Jesus' ascension, the di- disciples all got together and they prayed consistently and they devoted themselves. The church, the early church devoted themselves to prayer. And I think that's a very important thing. And I think sometimes that's lacking within the body of Christ. And you know what else in that, Jeff? I mean, devoting yourself to humility is what that is. Right. And that's that you got to see that that's what prayer is. It's coming to God on God's terms. And so they're devoting themselves to that. And, and you say that works. Oh, that works. Believe me. <laughs> yeah. Ephesians talks about praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication that Philippians four, six, Paul writes, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, the request part of it with Thanksgiving. So it's kind of like this mathematic equation, pray Ask God for stuff and be thankful. Let your requests be made known to God. I think that's so important to understand, too, that no matter what, when we're praying, pray with thankfulness. Sometimes we pray for things that we're not thankful about. We're not thankful about the situation. God, fire my coworker for my boss because my, <laughs> my boss hasn't figured out how to fire my coworker yet. He's driving me nuts, you know. Yep. Uh, we pray for things that in the long term, they don't make a lot of sense. They wouldn't look great from a top-down perspective, but we don't see top-down. A lot of times in our life, we're so focused on our personal frame of reference that we think, again, this this world kind of revolves around us. And, and if we can't solve the problem, well, 
then God, I need you to solve this problem for me because this isn't going the way I want it to go, and I'm uncomfortable. And uh, I think the prayer of comfort is one that, again, it's a misunderstanding of what prayer really is all about. Yep, And I think a lot of times we want God to take away from us the joy of the learning process. I mean, if I could uh, take a Frisbee and throw it perfectly on the first time I ever threw it, I would never know the joy of throwing a Frisbee well after I've struggled to get there. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, we don't want God to rip the joy of life right away from us. And sometimes our prayers are, are aimed towards that. God, just make me throw the Frisbee right the first time. And God goes, no, you wouldn't believe the joy that's around the corner when you get there. Right. And so I'm not going to rob you of that right. right now. And I think we need to understand that. So join us right now in the tweet back. You can use the hashtag HNRTV if you're on Twitter. And we would love to hear from you tonight. You can also send us your comments to hope at hopenet360.com. This prayer thing, again, it's it's a bigger deal than sometimes we're willing to admit. And sometimes we are left with more questions than answers. But I think God gives us a much simpler frame of reference. And we're going to talk about that as we continue on here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back. Join us on the tweet back right now. Just use the hashtag HNRTV. We'd love to hear from you tonight. We're talking about prayer on the show. And uh, again, probably one of the most misunderstood things of the Christian faith. And I think there are some simple answers that we can we we understand from the Bible and how prayer actually is. We talked about the Lord's Prayer, and that's one of the things to go back to and understand how to pray. Uh, I think the thing that young people, some young people today, wrestle with, maybe more than some, uh, is the feeling that I'm not perfect enough to actually pray and ask God for something. That maybe it's maybe I've got past sin that I'm you know guilty or feeling ashamed of or something. But there's there seems to be this tension that it's like well. I feel like when I pray that God just doesn't hear me because I, I've not done enough good or I've just done a lot of bad things in my life. And I'm not sure if God really hears me because I'm me and I'm not anybody important. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, Dave, but sometimes when you look at, you think about God and you think, well, he's the creator of the universe. There's, you know, six billion people in history. Why would he actually consider me? Yeah. That becomes kind of a, a daunting thought sometimes. And I think that's one of those things the enemy likes to use over our heads so often. But Dave, I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, it, it is. It's kind of weird in, in some sense because, honestly, why would the God of the universe be paying attention to me? Then on the other side, immediately I go, the God of the earth, the God of the universe pays attention to me. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So you're right. I mean, I don't know how you can be one who's proud and arrogant and come before God. You can't. That's not prayer. I think so often we get messed up because we make prayer about me. It's not about me. We make it about what my words are and my, my sincerity and my... God knows how sincere I am. It, it, it's not like I have to prove to him anything. He already knows that stuff. That I, He wants me to abide with him, as it says in John. Abide with me. Be with me. Walk with me. Love me. Be a part of what I do. I need to understand that that's where the real issue is. And when I start making it about me, I limit it to me and my power. I can't fix anything in life. I can't make somebody that's sick well. I can't give somebody who's got a bad attitude a good attitude. I can't do any of that. I don't have that power. So I come to God, and, and I admit that. And I say, God, I'm powerless. But I'm coming to the one who does have power. Right now, there's loved ones and, and people that are struggling. And I know that God can put in front of them things that would be necessary to bring them through the situation they're in and bring them through in a successful way. And that's what I'm asking them to do. Um, 
I'm not asking him to do what he's already determined not to do. For example, God gave Dave Wager, Jeff Stroman, gave us choice. And, and, he, and he's not going to sit in front of me and say, okay, I'm going to have you make a bad choice here and I'm going to force you to do that. That's not biblical. That's not what God does. God knows what choice I'm going to make and he's not going to lose, but he doesn't force me to make a choice. So I, I don't pray that God would force somebody to make the right choice because I know that's out of his will. Hmm. But I do pray that he would put the circumstances in a person's life that would allow them the best opportunity to see the truth and respond to it. And, and I know that God would do that. I know that that's within his will. And so in, in that sense, I'm praying in the will of God. Uh, you, you made a good point earlier, Jeff, about Jesus in the garden uh, and how he prayed, you know, I, I, I don't want to really go through with this cross thing, but not my will, God, your will. Mm-hmm. And we heard what Jesus in the flesh, his will was, is not to get beat up on the cross. But his ultimate was not my will, but your will be done. And God answered that by having him go to the cross and took him through that. And because of that, you and I can be in God's family. So we're all glad that God answered that prayer the way he did. And he did answer it, by the way, but just not in the human fleshly way, if you want to call it that way, of of removing the suffering mm-hmm. uh, from Jesus because the suffering was necessary for him to go through. And and don't, you know, I could start on stories forever about how important it is to go through certain suffering so that we can grow and become what we should become. And only God knows that. So to take that away from us would mean that he was putting us in a position not to be the best we could be down the road. And that wouldn't be something a loving God would do. So if you're going through a rough time now, man, I, I would encourage you. If you're, if you're not somebody who knows Jesus, in other words, you're not, you don't know for sure that you're in God's family, you can't call God your father. That's the first step. God loves you and he wants you in his family. And he sent his son Jesus down to this earth to, to take the penalty for our sins and to, to make it so we could have access to him and be in his family. And I invite you to, to understand the love of God in that way and respond and accept Christ as, as your payment for sin. And if you're struggling with that, please go to our live coaches at hopenet360.com and talk to them about some of this because you need to be in God's family. But once you're in God's family, you get to talk to him as a father who loves you and actually will care for you. It's important that you understand that both now and, and in the future because we all have times that are very tough to go through. And you don't have to go through them alone. You go through them with somebody who actually cares and can carry you through them, but you still may have to go through them. Sometimes there are going to be points where you have to go at it alone. I mean, there are going to be times where you feel like all your friends have deserted you, maybe for one reason or another. Maybe you've moved recently, and so it's really difficult to maintain some relationships that way. God is with us every step of the way, and that's that's always reassuring to know. I think it is interesting, though, always to look at the, the person of Jesus. Jesus was fully God, and he was fully man. And he prayed to God. He went and spent time in conversation with God. He, he actually prayed, Lord, if it's your will, take this cup for me. And what he was talking about is this cup of death that he did not want to go to the cross. His flesh at that point was crying out. But yet again, Jesus never sinned. He just, he experienced emotions. He experienced pain in his life. I mean, he wept over losing great friend of his. So you saw the raw emotion. You saw when Jesus prayed. Dave, I loved your thought about how Wow, the God of the universe does hear my prayers. He does 
actually care enough to listen. And he loves me. And he wants to, and I'm not saying we shouldn't pray. I think we all need to actually spend time in prayer, but to know that God does hear and he does answer and it's for our benefit and he sees the bigger picture. That's a big, it's kind of the big part of it. Yeah. You know, recently I had to go through a surgery. It was a surgery I, I had to go through and I would have loved not to go through surgery. I don't think anyone says, you know, I want to go through surgery just for the fun of it. So, but the the thing is, I, I knew that I had to go through it. I scheduled it. And I really had like one request, that my wife would be there with me. That's it. I wanted her there with me. I wanted to see her. When right before they put me out, she gave me a kiss, walked out of the room. And honestly, the next thing I remember, I was opening my eyes, looking at her saying, did they do this yet? And they did. They were done. <laughs> well. And I thought, you know, this is the best of all life because... I didn't really want to be here in the first place. Um, I understand that long-term, the surgery was necessary to allow me to function better down the road. But I really didn't want to be here. But as long as I had to be here, I wanted to be here with my wife. And I wanted her there by my side. And really, that's a lot of how God works with us. And as I pray, that's exactly what happens. There may be times in my life that are very tough to go through. And 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 you may not want to go through them. You may feel like you shouldn't go through them, uh, but you're going to anyway. And what I get to do is talk to my Heavenly Father about that at that moment. And I get to know that he's going to go through it with me. And that when I open my eyes, whether it be on this side or on the next side, he's there with me right there. And it's all over and it's, and it's good. It's good. It worked. And I'm thankful for that. And that's really what prayer is about. It gives you that hope. It doesn't give you the hope of uh, having a sugar daddy and it doesn't give you the hope of bossing God around. It doesn't give you the hope of uh, taking all your suffering and making sure you don't have any. It gives you the hope of making sure that you are equipped to go through what you need to go through so that uh, both in this life and the next life, um, it works the way it's meant to be. All right. If you have your Bible app, open it up to Mark 9. We're going to talk about this passage when we come back, talking about prayer and God answering prayer in real ways. So make sure to connect with us. We're on the tweet back. We're on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB. And also check out our show notes tonight at HopeNet360.com. And the conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW wrapping things up tonight with you on the show. Make sure to check out the podcast. Go to HopeNet360.com. You can subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. The links are all there. Go ahead and subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, whatever you use. Or you can just grab the RSS feed and plug it in on whatever you use. And we'd love for you to share this show with your friends. Prayer is a big topic, especially among Christians, people of faith. I think even people that aren't of faith, we will pray because we get to a point, every single one of us will get to the point when life is just too crazy or life is just too much. Things become a little bit too much for our own self to handle on our own. So that's the benefit of prayer. But who actually hears the prayers if we're not praying to God? I think it's important to focus in the right direction. So we want to help you guys and wrap up this conversation, at least in this part of the conversation, with some things to take away. And uh, I, I was kind of looking around at different stories. There's lots of examples about prayer. Uh, recently this week, I was reading the book of Jonah and reading about conversations that Jonah was having with God. And, and tonight, I actually want to focus a little bit more on a conversation that people 
had really with Jesus because when we talk about prayer, we're really having a face-to-face conversation with God that it's not about me and it's not about my stuff. It's not about uh, who I am, but it's really about having a personal relationship with God and having a real conversation. And in Mark 9, there's this real story of people who have a boy who is apparently demon-possessed. And Jesus hears this commotion. He comes on over and says, what is this all? What's all this arguing about? One of the men spoke up in the crowd. I'm starting over in verse 16, 9, 16. What's all this arguing about? Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently into the ground. Then he foams at the mouth. So this kid is just overwhelmed. I mean, this is a big deal. And uh, so... They came, they asked, he says, I I asked your disciples to cast the spirit out. They couldn't do it. So now they're coming to Jesus who, like I said before, if you're asking, if you're requesting something from someone, you believe they have the power or the ability to fulfill your need. Well, Jesus is that person here in this story. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So Obviously, this wasn't the first time these people have had some interaction with Jesus. But again, coming to him and and the way that they're asking about doing it, they're like, yeah, you guys should know this already. So they brought the boy to him. When the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child to the ground. He convulsed again, went to a violent convulsion, probably threatened his life. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us. And interestingly enough, this is what he says, and help us if you can. Hmm. Now, Jesus noted these words. He said, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. So, Dave, I'd love to know your thoughts about this story. That quote there from Jesus, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. What does that mean to the believer? It's really simple. He's saying, you don't know who I am. I mean, I'm going to show you who I am in a minute here, but you don't know who I am. And, and in this story, he actually casts out the demon and he thought, but, but here's, here's some key words in there. He's talking about faithless. And he's talking about believe. Uh, here's how we mess it up sometimes. We begin be- to, to think that it's about our faith instead of God's faithfulness. And, and so we try and have more of it. And in other words, we try and be better at it and have more faith in it. It'd be like you having your children ask you something and them having more sincerity in it or more words you know it's about them and not your generosity no it's about god and and when we make it about us we're in trouble or belief i mean what do you believe in Mm. you gotta look at the disciples in this situation they probably had watched jesus heal people i mean i I would imagine they've seen people you know healed by god and and they were probably trying to imitate whatever he did you know what i mean like he moved this way or touched him this way or said this or looked this way. Right. And, and that's not what it was about. It was about God healing him. It wasn't about Jesus and his method. It was about God and his faithfulness. It wasn't about the people and what they believed. It was that they believed in Jesus. Yeah. They believed in the right thing. It wasn't about my faith or their faith. It was about God's faithfulness. And he corrected all that, and then he corrected the situation. Yeah. Interestingly enough, the response from the dad after this, after Jesus said that anything is possible if a person believes, the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Yeah. Isn't that a great statement? How true is that? (laughs) In our own humanity, we're kind of thinking, well, what's my plan B? If this doesn't work, 
what am I going to do? Yep. I mean, my first, I know as a Christian, I'm supposed to go to God and pray, but what if that doesn't work? Should we, you know, yeah. like we, we plan to do something else. It's like, we need a plan B in case God doesn't answer immediately or yeah. the time we feel that he should answer. Right. Yeah. That's kind of a Yogi Bearism right there in the Bible. Uh, Yogi Bear, did I say? Yogi Bear, Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra. Yeah, the way, the way he had all these silly sayings. Anyway, um, <laughs> what's really interesting here is I think God enjoys honesty. That's what I think. Yes. And this guy was saying, I'm so confused. I, you know, I thought I believed in the right things. I helped my unbelief because obviously I don't believe. And you said I don't believe because if I really believed the right things, things would happen. Oh, help me because I, I think I believe, but help me because I don't know what I believe. So, you know, and, and I think Jesus probably here, I'm not sure this isn't biblical, but I could almost see a little smile coming over his face like, all right, you know, I'm helping you. You're, you're honest. You're just honest. And when people come to me and they're honest, I can deal with that. And so the crowd came running. You can see that later. And, and Jesus rebuked it. And then he told his disciples, like this, a, in, in a way at the end there, he said, and when he had entered the house, disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. In other words, this is a spiritual battle. This isn't a physical one. You guys are trying to treat it like a physical one. It's not. It's a spiritual one. And so I dealt with it on a spiritual level and it, and it got cured. I often wonder about some of the things that even I pray about, you know, that I'm, maybe I'm looking at the wrong end of it. Maybe I'm looking at it as being a physical battle or a, or something else. And God's saying, no, this is a spiritual thing. And here's how it takes place. And if you look at Jesus, I mean, he threw people out of the temple once because they had made it something other than prayer, uh, the temple and, and meeting with God, uh, something other than about God and his love and, and praying to him and talking to him. And that was a pretty serious thing. Because again, prayer, if you if you're listening earlier, Prayer is something where we humble ourselves. And as we corporately do that and individually do that, we see the power of God. And that's really what prayer does. It does change things. It changes me and it changes my perspectives. I'm not sure that I am powerful. I'm not. I, but I am sure that as I pray, it actually matters because of the way that I adjust to the circumstances around me prayer, the reasons that I pray, number one, I, I know that prayer works. I've experienced it in my own life. And we talked about what it means that prayer works. doesn't mean that we always get a yes answer or the answer we're looking for in our life or the thing that we're pursuing after. No, what it does is prayer changes my attitude and it changes my heart. And those are the things that I think are the most difficult things to change as a person. If I wake up on the wrong side of the bed, the only hope I have is that I just spend time in prayer and that God changes it. I'll be honest. There are some days I'll wake up and my attitude is just thinking it's terrible. You know, I'll say something off the wall that, you know, maybe it was something that I've been holding in or maybe I don't know what it is, but something just sets me off or get, I just have a negative attitude in the morning. We've all been there. We've all done that. Your only hope at that point before you ruin the rest of somebody else's day is to actually align your attitude and your heart with God's heart. And when you do that, you're aligning yourself with the creator of the universe, the one that is all loving. I mean, he's all knowing, he's all powerful. And yet God thrives on grace and thrives in mercy. And we could go on and on in this conversation. There's some other, other parts of the conversation about, well, knowing God's character, if we really know God's character, I think that really helps us to pray in the right direction. But sometimes knowing God's character, we see this in the book of Jonah, knowing God's character, maybe we can talk about this next week, Dave, that it sometimes doesn't make us want to pray. Right. Because sometimes we want to pray for God to have vengeance in a situation or that 
not only would God not hear their prayers, but that he would shut their mouths, that he would, like I said before, have fire my coworker because my boss hasn't figured out how to fire my coworker yet or something. We just, we want our way and we want to use God for that gain. And you kind of see that in the book of Jonah. Go ahead and read that too this week if you get a chance to. Um, but also a couple of people have chimed in on this conversation besides Ken. And Karen says, something I learned about prayer is that God does not care how you speak and what words to say. I have worked with many people who say, I don't know how to pray or I don't have the right words. We should just be ourselves and be real. It's okay to talk to him like we do our buddy and just say what is in our hearts. It's okay to say what you feel, even if your feelings are not accurate. It's okay to say, Lord, I don't even know how to begin, what to say or how I feel. God looks at the heart. He knows what you're trying to express. He loves you for who you are and where you are. Be humble, be real, and be you. And Cindy chimes in. There's a fun song called Have a Little Talk with Jesus. That's what prayers for me, a conversation with my best friend and mentor. So we'd love to hear from you. Join us in the tweet back. We're hanging out there for a while. Use the hashtag HNRTV. We'd love to know your thoughts about prayer. And uh, of course, go and download the podcast. You can subscribe on any of your favorite podcasting apps that you use. Go to hopenet360.com slash podcast. While you're there, you can check out the show notes and see all the links, some different quotes and things that we talked about on tonight's episode. And we hope that you would share it with your friends. For all of us here on Hopenet Radio, thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you guys online next week. Bye.